Welcome to Covenant Conversations. I'm Peter Washkowitz. Today I'll actually be alone and I will try to keep it brief uh, lest I drone on for too long. Um, for the last few episodes, we've focused on uh, transactions recently done by Serta Simmons, Trimark, and Board Riders, in which the company um, uh, incurred super senior uh, debt and exchanged um, and exchanged that debt with a majority of its first lien lenders, uh, leaving uh, the non-participating or minority term loan lenders effectively holding second lien term loans. Uh, before before this spate of uh, these kind of super priority up tier transactions, we focused a lot on unrestricted subsidiary transfers. Um, now, the risk with both of those is a loss of uh, collateral and a loss of value for secured lenders. However, there's another kind of transaction um, that that essentially um, results in the same in the same loss of collateral, but it's not talked about as much, and that is uh, the release of guarantees. Uh, once a guarantor is released from its guarantee under a credit agreement or under uh, an indenture, um, the collateral uh, attributable to that subsidiary is also released from the collateral pool. Uh, now, where a lot of these transactions, um, I, I guess the biggest transaction uh, where uh, the effects of the loss of a guarantee uh, was really seen was in PetSmart's uh, transfer of Chewy Equity both to an unrestricted subsidiary and to its sponsors in 2018. Now, the transfer of equity to the unrestricted subsidiary uh, did not result in uh, Chewy's guarantee being released because it, it was still a wholly owned subsidiary of PetSmart, just it was now an, a direct and indirect subsidiary. Now, to be a guarantor under debt documents, uh, one of the requirements is that the subsidiary be a wholly owned subsidiary. However, the transfer of Chewy equity to the sponsor resulted in Chewy becoming a non-wholly owned entity since some of the equity was owned by a company that was above uh, PetSmart. So what happened in, in that transaction is after Chewy's equity was transferred to the sponsor and it became a non-wholly owned subsidiary, its guarantee was released and the liens on Chewy's assets were also released. Now, PetSmart's uh, ownership of, it was about 63.5% of Chewy's equity pro forma for the transfers, that was still pledged to lenders, but uh, the collateral no longer included any of Chewy's, uh, Chewy's assets. And at that point, Chewy was PetSmart's most valuable asset. And um, so a lot of lenders were concerned um, you know, with the value of the collateral. And then the broader market was actually concerned uh, more because they, you know, most people had never really kind of seen a transaction where a very valuable entity had, uh, that had previously been a guarantor became a non-wholly owned subsidiary. Now, in PetSmart's case, I, I believe they transferred around 20% of Chewy's equity to, the, uh, to, the, to its sponsors, which caused it to become a non-wholly owned subsidiary. However, the result would have been the same if PetSmart had transferred 0.1% of, of the equity of, of Chewy to, uh, to the sponsor. So if you think about it, uh, most debt documents provide, the, provide borrowers and issuers with uh, capacity to pay dividends. And, you know, if it has $10 million or $10 billion of capacity, you know, it can use those, uh, it can use that capacity to transfer 0.1% of every one of its subsidiaries to, to a sponsor, to a Topco, uh, which would result in every one of its subsidiaries becoming non-wholly owned and the, uh, the guarantees would be released and all of the collateral would be released. 
So I think as a result of PetSmart, probably most likely as a direct result of it, uh, some debt documents in 2019 and a, a number of ones recently, and particularly in covenant relief amendments in private loans, have started including language that, that is essentially anti-PetSmart uh, language. And what, what it does is, is it says that if a guarantor becomes a non-wholly owned subsidiary, the guarantee is not necessarily released. It will only be released under certain conditions. And, and the most common conditions are that um, at the time the, the company, be, at the time the subsidiary becomes non-wholly owned, uh, the borrower or the issuer would have sufficient investment capacity uh, to effectively acquire the, the now non-wholly owned subsidiary. So what this means is in, in Chewy's case, let's say, when it became a non-guarantor, if, it, if, the, if PetSmart's term loan had had this type of uh, provision in it, uh, PetSmart would have had to have sufficient investment capacity to make investments equal to the book value of Chewy's, uh, of Chewy's assets. So, you know, while that uh, provision doesn't necessarily guarantee that uh, non-wholly owned subsidiaries um, will, remain, uh, will remain guarantors, um, it, it essentially, you know, if a company has a significant amount of investment capacity, it's still going to result in the entity becoming a non-guarantor, and just the borrower or the issuer will have a lot less investment capacity. However, a number of even more recent amendments, and, and unfortunately, these were only in private loans, so uh, I can't say the borrower's name, but in all of these amendments, uh, we have seen provisions that have been added that provide that a guarantor that becomes a non-wholly owned subsidiary will only be released from its guarantee if, uh, if either pro forma for the transaction that caused uh, the, company to the entity to become non-wholly owned either the borrower did not own any equity of that subsidiary or the transaction was done for a legitimate business purpose and was done uh, with an unaffiliated third party. Now, of course, there, you know, there is some vagueness around uh, a legitimate business purpose, but the non-affiliated third, uh, third party would, would definitely have, um, have resulted in Chewy still, become, still being a guarantor under PetSmart's documents and uh, Chewy's assets become, uh, still being uh, collateral under the term loan. So this is a really interesting provision, and, it, and it's, it's definitely not talked about um, even close to as much as unrestricted subsidiary transfers and more recently these up-tier super priority exchanges. But it is just as important because the results are the same. The pro forma for any one of these transactions, uh, there, is a, there could be a significant loss of collateral. Um, anyway, we will continue to track the number of agreements that we see, including these anti-PetSmart uh, provisions. And uh, as always, we are happy to talk to, uh, to any of our listeners about this, this or any uh, other trends in the loan or high-yield market. So that's it for this, uh, this episode of Covenant Conversations. And I, I hopefully am promising that this will be the only one where it is just me talking. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.